Let's talk technology and the way it frames our world with Peter Black. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Spencer. Happy baby day. Uh, thank you. Baby born, 124 this morning. For those just waking up, £8.6 ounces. A boy, name as yet unknown. Three kings now in line to the throne. What are the, uh, the main subjects on Wikipedia that uh, have caused uh, edit wars over the last few years? So, yes. So just a reminder that Wikipedia is this online encyclopedia whereby anyone is free to edit it, basically. Uh, and the theory is that it uses this sort of uh, collective or communal knowledge to come up with this great online resource. Uh, but obviously some pages, as you would expect when that's the system for writing this content, are a little bit controversial. And so a bit of research from the University of Oxford has has gone in and had a look at what are the pages that have provoked the most debate or discussion behind the scenes. It's not necessarily the pages that have changed the most, because there could be reasons um, as to why pages change, particularly if you're dealing with a you know a topic that is a little bit in in, in flux or, or constantly changing. Well, like the, the birth of a baby, for well, example. like the birth of a baby. Yeah. Yes, yes, but uh, potentially <laughs> so. Uh, so they've looked here and and come up with this list. And there are some topics that are controversial, no matter what language Wikipedia is in, and Wikipedia does come in a range of different languages. Uh, so the most controversial topics across all um, ten languages that they analysed were uh, Adolf Hitler, the Holocaust, Israel, and God. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, perhaps isn't a totally unsurprising uh, list. If we're looking then just at the English language edition, there's a few more interesting uh, topics that generate a lot of debate. George W. Bush is the most controversial Wikipedia entry uh, in, in the English language, uh, followed by anarchism, the prophet Muhammad, and then this one really surprised me, World Wrestling Entertainment Employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously if you're a fan of World Wrestling, WWE, uh, you're, you're going onto Wikipedia and, and engaging uh, in those sorts of debates. And again, it's not just amending as details change. This is amending really the tone. That's right. That's it? right. And yeah. also then looking at whenever you make those amendments, there is then sort of a, a behind the scenes that most people don't actually bother to visit, but you all can, which is sort of a discussion board debate that then about takes changes place that have about been made. those yes. changes mm. uh, as, as well. But, you know, it does vary a little bit uh, depending upon by language. The Romanian version uh, of Wikipedia, um, a U- Romanian football team is the most controversial Entry. Interesting. Okay. Now, it wouldn't surprise people to know that those under the age of 55 are turning to websites for their news, but new research suggests that if you're over 55, online is now where you go for your news instead of the, the traditional newspaper. Yeah. So this, this actually I, I did find a little bit surprising, uh, I suppose, that online sites beat newspapers as the preferred news source for every age group, including those over 55. Now, there's a big weakness with this data though which is probably worth uh, admitting it it's a, it's a study from uh, of, of the school from the journal, school journalism school at the University of Oxford uh, and it was an online survey so you're already catching capturing people who are online so if you're not online you weren't necessarily captured by this particular data but it does show that if you are or the research showed that if you are over 55 and you are online, you are still preferring the internet as your source of news as opposed to traditional newspapers or magazines uh, and the like. And again, perhaps unfairly, that did a little bit surprise me, thinking that even those uh, in those older demographics probably uh, would have still preferred uh, the newspaper, but, but apparently not. And I think that really does show 
the power and the currency of a lot of this information that you can get online. And yet, students prefer print when it comes to serious academic reading. Yes. So uh, an- another study here uh, looking at uh, you, know, you know university or, or college students, and while they almost, or the data shows quite overwhelmingly, when they're reading for pleasure or for entertainment, they're using e-book readers, they're using their tablets, whatever it may be, but when it comes to study... Uh, and 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 reading for university and and for their course, uh, they very much prefer print, um, and the the data doesn't really go in to have uh, a closer look as to why that uh, is so, but it is sort of you know uh, theorised mainly that when you are dealing with um, sort of academic writings for the purposes of study, you do want something that you can highlight, that you can annotate, and while there are online you know, and app tools that allow you to do that, it's not as intuitive, it's not as easy as it is when you've got the piece of paper sitting in front of you. Mm, okay. The benefits of spending a day or more as a virtual cow. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah, so uh, some research here uh, into uh, from a virtual human interaction lab looking at uh, virtual reality. It's a virtual reality program um, to try and... Uh, get people to see what life would be like uh, as a cow. Um, The theory being that if they were to live a day as a cow, um, they would be less likely uh, to eat meat than they'd be more likely to be a vegetarian uh, or a vegan. So that's the purpose uh, of this particular uh, project. So if you do live your life or live a day as as a cow using this virtuality program, you know, you'll get uh, poked with cattle prods, um, you'll eventually be dragged into the slaughterhouse, whatever it may be. And uh, the hope for the people doing this project, of course, is that when confronted with that sort of harsh reality, um, it it will uh, encourage less people to eat uh, meat. Okay, can Twitter help you to quit smoking? That's the hope. Uh, with an e-cigarette, so an e-cigarette um, already exists out there and uses, you know, a, a battery, a small coil, uh, heat-flavored liquid nicotine um, to sort of give you an uh, to give smokers an inhalable vapor that feels like smoking a cigarette. But what someone's come up with the idea of is why don't we connect that cigarette, that e-cigarette, to the internet? Um, and the power of that, of course, is that you could then potentially uh, have this e-cigarette automatically tweet when, or post to Facebook or whatever it may be, whenever someone has a cigarette. Uh, the idea that if that is constantly being put out there, um, they would probably shame you or encourage you to smoke less. And the sort of, you know, the social pressure that you could get if every one of your friends and followers knew every time you had a cigarette, uh, it might help you cut back. And finally, this week, do you have a business card? Do you use business cards, Pete? Uh, I have business cards. Yeah. I never carry them around with me. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't actually really use them. I haven't had any for a couple of years, and I don't even remember the last time we had the email sent around saying, does anyone need any more? And there's good reason for that. There are, there's, there are plenty of new ways to do the whole business plenty card thing. Plenty of new ways. I mean, I, I mean increasingly, if I meet people, I do just say, you know, visit my Twitter page or website or whatever it is rather than... I know who you are anyway. 
<laughs> not at all. Uh, rather than handing out a business card, but there are as well a range of different sort of apps and websites as well now that that are are, are all about. Uh, that as well. If one of the the websites is, is about me, is it's called. Just, you can just refer people to that simple URL. But there's particular apps, things like uh, Bump, for example, now whereby two people can just bump phones. They put two phones together and bump them together, uh, and it exchanges the data. You both need Bump. You both phone, need. Obviously. You both need the Bump app. Uh, so how does that conversation phone? go? Do you know? Do you have Bump? I do. Okay, Bump. Bump like that. Yes. Okay. Yep, it can be it, it can be it can be that simple. People are also using uh, QR codes as well to share um, that sort of uh, detail. Those are those uh, as well. square-looking uh, barcodes. If you've yeah, square-looking yeah. barcodes mm-hmm. yep. uh, around, and then um, even something like then uh, if you do continue to have. Uh, a business card. Increasingly, people are just immediately digitizing that. So if you do swap cards, people do tend to take a photo of it, and then there's a range of different apps that then uh, allow that data to be automatically um, populated into it. And and Google Goggles itself is something that makes that very easy. Fascinating. As always, the latest on the baby, by the way, it's still a baby. (laughs) <laughs> Peter Black, see you next week. Thank Excellent. you. Thanks, Matt, Peter Black talking technology and the way it frames our world at this time every week.